Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. I wanted to share one of my favorite Christmas stories tonight with you. As some of you know, I'm a musician, and so I draw a lot of inspiration from songwriters and hymn writers of the past and One of those stories is one of my absolute favorites, and it's about two different Christmas Eves that are 17 years separated from one another. It was the year 1870, journey with me back in time, to the year 1876, and there was a a hymn writer on a steamboat taking a journey up the Delaware River. His name was Ira Sankey, and maybe there might be one or two folks who are familiar with that name. I didn't say Ariana Grande or Justin Bieber. He was a well-known songwriter back in the 1800s and wrote many, many hymns that the church in America has just loved over the years. And some of his beloved hymns are about this character of Jesus as the shepherd of our souls, the shepherd of the church. And one of those in particular was called the Shepherd's Song. And as Ira Sankey was traveling up the Delaware River on the steamboat on Christmas Eve, it was a cold Christmas Eve night. It probably wasn't as cold as Cleveland, Ohio is on Christmas Eve, but it was pretty cold. And the stars were were shining bright in the sky. And there was a a group of people gathered on the deck of the steamboat. And one of the men who was there recognized Sankey. And he said, and he knew that Sankey was a hymn writer and he knew that he could sing. And he said, hey, there's Mr. Sankey. He said, Mr. Sankey, sing us a song. Sing us a song. And so Ira Sankey pondered for a moment, and as if in prayer, paused, and then began to sing the shepherd's song. And the hymn says this, Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Much we need thy tender care. In thy pleasant pastures, feed us. For our use, thy folds prepare. And there is a deep stillness about everyone who is gathered on the deck. And the words of the hymn tell the story of God's love for men and women who wander away from that love. And so every heart on the deck that night was stirred, the story tells us. And as the song came to a close, abruptly, a man approached Sankey. And he asked Iris Sankey, he said, did you serve in the Civil War? Did you serve with the Union Army? And Ira Sankey said, yeah, in the spring of 1860. And then the man went a little bit more precise, and he said, can you remember what you were doing on the evening of Christmas Eve in 1862? Were you on picket duty? And Ira Sankey looked surprised, and he said, well, yes, I was. Were you? And the man said, I did Two, I served in the Civil War for the Confederate Army. And he said the reason that he knew that Ira Sankey was serving as picket duty that Christmas Eve night in 1862 was that he had him in his sights. You see, that man was a Confederate sharpshooter. And had Ira Sankey, one of the greatest American hymn writers, in his sights that 
Christmas Eve night 17 years prior. He said to himself, that fellow will never get away from here alive. I raised my musket and I took aim. I was in the shadow, completely hidden, while you were in the full glow of the moonlight. At that instant, you began to sing, just as a moment ago. And the song was, Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. The music reached my heart. I took my finger off of the trigger. I'll wait until the end of the song, I said to myself. I can't miss him. I can shoot him afterwards. I could hear every word perfectly across the field, this Confederate soldier said, and how the memories came to my heart. I began to think of my childhood and my mother. She loved God, and she had sung that same song to me many times. But she died all too soon. Otherwise, I think my life may have been different. At the end of the song, I could not raise my musket again. It was impossible for me to take aim, though you still stood in the bright moonlight, a perfect target. Then I thought of the Lord. I looked at you and thought, the Lord who is able to save that man from certain death must surely be great and mighty. My arm dropped to my side, and I cannot tell you all the things that I thought at the time. My heart was smitten, but I didn't know what to do. Just now, when you were about to sing and stood quietly as if praying, I recognized you. I've wandered far and wide since that other occasion. I have never found that shepherd. Please help me now find a cure for my sick soul. Deeply moved, Sankey threw his arms around the man who had been his enemy once, 17 years ago to the night. That man could have ended his life. And on that Christmas Eve night, a former soldier found the great and tender shepherd as his savior. What an amazing story of two Christmas Eves separated by 17 years and the shepherd of our soul, Jesus caring for both men in that moment. It's a beautiful illustration of how God calls people from every different walk of life. Enemies or friends, he calls people from every walk of life to himself. And we see this happening over and over again in the Gospels and throughout the New Testament. Jesus is the shepherd of our souls. When he was born, we're told that he came from the line of David. David was a shepherd if you remember the stories of David. And so it's not by accident that shepherds are included in the story of Jesus' birth. It's not by accident, but it still certainly is surprising for a number of different reasons. And this Advent season, I felt the Holy Spirit leading my heart to look again at the shepherds and place myself in the story. And so tonight, I wanted to draw you along with me. And sometimes the trouble with Christmas Eve sermons or messages or these stories that we hear out of the scriptures, we hear them every year and we become really familiar with them. And we say, that's a tight, uh, a neat and tidy little story. How wonderful is that? And we go on living our lives without putting ourselves in the pages of scripture on that night in the place of the shepherds. So tonight... I want to challenge all of us and encourage us all to hear the word of God afresh. Hear the story like you've heard it, like you've never heard it before, and this is your first time approaching the story of the shepherds. 
And perhaps you'll find yourself in that story. So we're going to read it in Luke. In Luke 2, we read this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and, he was ex- and she was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men and women on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men and women on whom his favor rests. In the time we have remaining, I wanted to remind us about why it's important that the shepherds were the ones, they were the ones who received God's announcement first. And perhaps put ourselves in the place of the shepherds tonight. First, they're important because they remind us that the gospel is for everybody. Everybody gets in. Who were they? As we heard from the story, they were the bottom rung of the, the social stratus. They were viewed in the same way as people looked at tax collectors or dung sweepers. Shepherds were viewed as second-class citizens, untrustworthy. They had zero civil rights. They weren't allowed to serve as judges in the courts. Some people felt that doing business with shepherds, like that you didn't do that because the goods that you purchased from them were most likely stolen. 
They were people to be avoided, people to be viewed with suspicion, people to be afraid of. So what's so wonderful about God choosing to reveal himself to a bunch of shepherds? What's so wonderful about that? It informs us that God is incredibly humble and incredibly kind. No one is so low or so disreputable or so messed up that God won't reach out to them. God doesn't ask, hey, what do other people think about you? And if he gets a bad report, says, well, then I'm going to avoid you too. No one is such a failure or has done so many horrible things that they can't come to God. Nobody. This Christmas Eve, there is no one that you could pray for who is so far gone that even God can't reach them. Do you believe that God's grace can soften the hardest hearts? Do you believe that God could rescue anyone? Do you believe that God could turn anyone's life around that you prayed for? God announces the birth of his son to people who are among the most despised in the world. That's the goodness of the announcement to the shepherds that the gospel, the good news that will fill everyone with great joy is meant for everybody. Everybody gets on. The second thing is that the gospel must be received through a personal belief. You see, there's a number of things that those shepherds could have done that evening. They could have disregarded the announcement. They could have doubted it. They could have debated it, ignored it, rejected it flatly and said, mm, I don't think so. Listen, no one ever, ever brought shepherds good news. God chose the shepherds to announce the birth of Christ to show the world that he can use anybody if they believe. And sometimes, even when they don't. God doesn't just love the somebodies. God loves the nobodies. God's good news isn't just for the rich and famous and social influencers. It's also for the poor and the forgotten. What is the good news that causes great joy? The good news is that Jesus is here as an expression of God's love in skin and bones. To forgive you and I and make a way into relationship. The shepherds had to go and see. It was all about beholding for them. To see God in the flesh, in skin and bones. That's the good news that causes great joy. That God is like us. You see, for all of human history, God was spirit. In this moment, he breaks through and becomes like us so that he sees what we see. He feels hurt like we feel hurt. He feels joy like we feel joy. He's in the flesh. Jesus has come. That's the good news that causes great joy. And that good news, it's not just for religious people, people in palaces, 
or high places. It's for the down and out, not the up and coming. This good news is to all people. It's for you. It's for me tonight. The good news is for you and for me tonight. That people like you and people like me can enter in and behold and have relationship with Almighty God. That's, ama- that's astounding news. It's astounding news because it informs me that people can change. That's the hope of Christmas. I hear everyone's thoughts in the room. Oh, you don't know my husband, or you don't know my brother, or you don't know my coworker. People don't change. People don't change. People change. In the person of Jesus, people can change. That's the hope of what we've gathered around this, this evening, is that transformation is possible, and it's found in the person of Jesus. Lastly, the gospel according to Christmas is meant to be shared. It's not meant to be kept to ourselves. It's meant to be shared. We read in the narrative that when the shepherds had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They shared this good news that caused great joy, that God had finally come down and become like us, And they couldn't contain it. They couldn't contain it in their hearts. And so the challenge for us tonight, those who claim Jesus as Lord, is to let that good news of great joy spill out and to share the good news that causes great joy with others. To, as the old carol says, go and tell it on the mountain. Go and share with the world that God has become like us over the hills that Jesus Christ is born and everywhere that Jesus Christ is born. People must know. You see, for the whole of human history, men and women have been trying to get to God, trying to do the right things, trying to not do the wrong things. Jesus comes Bam! It all changes. It says it does, he says, it doesn't matter what you do because I've lived a sinless life, Jesus says. Every good thing that you could do is, is rags compared to what Jesus lived. And Jesus settled it at the cross. He didn't just stay a baby, but that he did it. He lived a sinless life and went to the cross for you and for me. For you and for me, so that we could come out with our hands up and say, God, I surrender to you. I don't want to try and control my life. My life is in your hands. You've forgiven me of every sin, past, present, and future at the cross. And all I do is receive. All I do is receive the grace that you've shown. The good news is meant to be shared. And so I just wanted to take a minute as we get ready to close. And I just wanted to take a minute. And um, a lot of times at Christmas Eve services, 
You guys don't know this. This is a little behind the curtain. Churches will get all hyped up and get ready to go. Well, we're not about the hype here at Vineyard Cleveland. And they'll talk about, oh, well, let's see how many people we can get to raise their hands to follow Jesus. And it's all about them. And it's all about the churches. And we love them. We love the church of Jesus. But tonight... Tonight is about seeing ourselves in place of the shepherd. So we're not going to do that. We're not going to go through that song and dance. But I know a piece of this message has connected with your heart tonight. And the reason I know that is because Jesus is alive. And Jesus went to the cross and raised from the grave. And so there's pieces of this story that you heard fresh for the first time tonight. And you wondered, am I too far gone? Am I too far out of God's sight? And God is here this this evening to remind you that you're not. That he loves you. And his love is demonstrated in what we call the incarnation, the enfleshment, all of the divinity of God, the fullness of God, stuffed into baby Jesus, who grew up and then died on a cross for you and for me. So we're not going to do the song and dance of, if you accepted Christ, raise your hand, or come to the front, or altar time, or whatever, anything like that. What we're going to do is we're going to trust the the deep, powerful work of God in your heart and in my heart. And I want to invite you to come to the cross again. Or rather, come to the manger tonight and let your heart, let your shepherd heart connect with the Savior of the world tonight. And can you encounter the Savior of the world afresh tonight?